What's up, educators? Welcome back to the Dash Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about an article that's covering four ways that SEL was made more accessible during the pandemic. Welcome back to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and our goal is to spread awareness and action around SEL. We do this through interviewing school and SEL leaders, reviewing articles, and developing adult social emotional skills. You can subscribe to our show and our other content on YouTube at SEL Educators, or you can find us at Apple Podcasts and Spotify by typing in my name, Trey Gamage, in the Dash Podcast. Thanks for listening. Before we dig into the episode, coming up in October, we have the Teach Better 22 conference where you can get $50 off your ticket price by using the code DASH2022 to get into the Teach Better conference. I'll be a featured speaker. There's several featured speakers, and this is the first time that the conference has been back since the pandemic. So we're excited to go out there in Akron, Ohio, October 14th and 15th to enjoy the Teach Better. Use the code DASH2022 to get a $50 off your purchase price. In today's article from K12 Dive, we explore four ways that the pandemic made SEL more accessible. And I most certainly agree with this wholeheartedly because I feel like prior to the pandemic, SEL was building momentum and it was a consistent momentum as well. I think it, we were gaining a lot of traction. At the same time, I still feel like it was looked at as something extra. It was something additional. We weren't really sure what, why, or how. You really needed SEL. And now that we are almost post-pandemic as far as the types of adjustments we need to make, now we're able to back up and look at how things are looking again. And what you see through the pandemic is that there became a championship, but we became champions for SEL for adults and students. Prior to the pandemic, the reason that I started SEL Educators is I did not see anybody or anything that was really focused on adult SEL. The research, the resources that were available were worksheets, you know, or or PDF packets to read. There was a few activities, but I didn't really see a lot of depth, a lot of intention behind adult SEL training. And obviously we have PDs and several types of PDs, but SEL focused on well-being, focused on building the Castle 5 competencies because prior to the pandemic, we were asking to teach these SEL and implement these SEL curriculums without necessarily having foundational knowledge as a teacher. So the fact that the pandemic showed us how stressful of a job it is to teach and made the job much more stressful, we started to pay attention more to teacher well-being and teacher stress, two things that uh, can be directly addressed through SEL. Obviously, on the student side, it's, it's actually pretty similar. I think we, we had curriculums, programs are being implemented, and, and there are several schools, a lot of schools that have adopted SEL programs deeply, but I think attaching SEL and mental health is different. We'll talk about that in, a, in, in another bullet point. They're different, but SEL is a tier one support for well-being and your mental health needs. So through the pandemic, we were able to become champions for well-being and reducing stress, and, and that's come through SEL. I've had more calls. I've had more conversations. I've had more interest, more knowledge about what SEL is and why it's so important. 
This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode. Number two, we already brought it up, but SEL and mental health support. So, man, this is a, a big one. My background personally is in psychology, so I, I do have a foundation in general psychological disorders or psychological needs that folks have. And so I've always thought about SEL from that lens. And again, emotional intelligence was my first segue into SEL psychology, emotional intelligence, SEL was my pathway. And so I'm, I'm familiar and understand those tracks of mental health supports. And the thing about SEL is, is, is pro-social or proactive. So a lot of times you'll hear even on a lot of Instagram channels now or on TV, when you really look at doctors, it's retroactive after you have a problem. There's not a lot of proactive measures that doctors put in place or to help you stay safe. And I'm not saying that's the same for mental health, but you kind of have to seek that help out and you seek that help out with your mental health when you get to a place where you don't know what to do or somebody else recommends you. What SEL does is gives us an opportunity to be intentional about those check-ins. What I talk about with the four ways you use SEL every day, I'll put that link in the description as well. Simple check-ins. When you go into class on a given day or going to school, intentionally stop by three teachers that aren't right next to you and ask them how they're doing. That, that little conversation can jolt something in you to make a recommendation or it can jolt something for them to make a recommendation, practice self-care, practice well-being, leave their computer home tonight. That, that's one simple way to, you know, that, that SEL, that's for adults, becomes a mental health check-in. Same with giving feedback. You know, hey, you know, I noticed that you might say this way or you may think this way. You know, I, I think other folks might be seeing it another way or, or how you're coming across may be seen this way. And we've got to figure out how to marry that together. So it's not a right or a wrong, but those those little conversations, those little communications that we can have from check ins or giving feedback. For taking time for myself, like those those kind of pieces really help. For on the adult side and same for kids, if I have a mental health or I have an SEL program, excuse me, I'm able to have better conversations with my kids. They have a new language, hopefully with what we're exploring through our curriculum. It makes sense as far as, oh, wow, this is this means that let me talk to my teacher. Let me go get help. The two connect because we're looking proactively, want to be resolvers, want to focus on resolution. We can have more of a, a a stronger outcome when it comes to making a mental health referral without really having to have an extreme case or scenario to cause that referral. Become your best self with bestself.co. They have 90-day journals, six-month action plans, daily journals, gratitude cards, relationship cards, all kinds of things to help you become a better version of yourself. Visit bestself.co and use the code GAMAGE for 15% off your next order. Number three is in using new data to inform SEL. Uh, this, is, this is a good one. Uh, over, over the pandemic, 
I was a part of the SEL certification program through Rutgers for school leadership and social emotional character development. It's really a mouthful. But one of our tasks was to create an, a school-wide or district-wide SEL project and implement that plan in your school or district. And so in my school and plan, we adopted uh, Panorama Education's platform for surveys. Now they have open source surveys so anybody can access them. But through those, those question sets and those data sets, we were really able to pinpoint and tailor what kind of professional development and what kind of uh, tier one and two interventions that we needed for students. It was so helpful to have so much data in one place to be able to really inform our kids. We were able to do whole class restorative circle with some critical grades. Before it got too rough, we were able to have some conversations with other grades to talk about how we can resolve some of the issues that showed up in the assessments for their grade level. Another piece I see a ruler with um, permission to feel. I'll pull the book off the shelf here with Mark Brackett. Uh, there's a ruler method through Castle. There's several methods and programs that are now using data to inform SEL. Seven Mindsets as well has a data genius looking at completions. SEL educators, we use emotional intelligence assessments as benchmarks to, to see where staff is on an SEL competency scale. And then we use a DISC assessment to help build those skills over time. And so that's ways that we're using data to inform SEL and even make it more evidence-based. We'll, we'll have another episode when we talk about SEL in the culture wars, but we have a chance to make something that is intangible, real with data. That's always been the hardest piece for me with SEL and psychology EQ is that you can't see it. So how do you really show the value? But when we have these data sets like we do now, through survey, through assessment, through seriousness and, and understanding what stress and well-being is, now we're starting to see more solutions that are evidence-based, that are research-backed. And but it's not just something extra, um, it's something that we need to do. and something that we have data to inform as well, the same way we do on the academic end. And the fourth and final benefit is funding. Schools have funding through ESSER funds and government funding, title, title funds to inform SEL programs. So I've seen those numbers expanding. I've seen the opportunities for support come more directly through professional development for staff, through curriculum for students, through more thoughtfulness. And so those funds being available, I'm glad because it gives us an excuse to take care of the people first. And that's the biggest mindset I would say for myself as a, as a person and as a company, we believe in asset-based professional development, which comes from asset-based community development, focusing on the people first. The asset is the, the talent, the tools, the resources, the buildings, the partnerships that exist within your community. How do we take that and maximize what already exists to make your community what it's supposed to be. Because we, we have the funds now, we have the budget now, we have the buy-in now, we have people ready to be partners with us as schools. How do we push this forward to a new level? How do we do that? How do we push it forward to a new level? We do it by practicing SEL, being intentional about SEL, building our teams, and taking time to talk about it. 
I have a lot of fun reading these articles and a lot of fun sharing them with you. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode here. And in summary, and so while there is, this was a serious pandemic that we just went through, one of the bright spots that we have coming out on the other end is an intention on well-being. And when we're doing that asset-based community development or asset-based professional development, we're only focused on strengthening the community that already exists. We're being proactive to restore the community, to build the community, to strengthen the community to a place where you can operate at your maximum capacity at all times. So I hope that this was a helpful episode for you that you have seen SEO grow in your school community through the pandemic. If you have, let me know in the comments what new initiatives your school put in place through the pandemic, what new budgets you have, what new insights you have, what kind of champions, who's become your champion for SEL on campus. That's all I've got. Thanks for listening to us on the Dash Podcast. I definitely hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you liked it, share it with a friend, share it with an educator, share it with someone who needs to hear the message from this episode. You can visit our website, seleducators.com, to learn more about our online courses and professional development training for schools and districts. We'll see you next time. This is The Dash.